I slept in the living room and got covered in dog hair. <laughs> I took the coldest shower in the morning. <laughs> and Angel never showed up in the morning. And we just realized that he just put us in a squatter's house. And then we just went on our way the next morning. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It was a nice you never saw a white dog, though, eh? Right? No. <laughs> Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes, and a special one at that. We made it to episode 50. Thank you for listening for this long. Now, if you're a new listener, we're a show called Bannockdotes. We hold it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. We bring people from the music industry, such as photographers, promoters, musicians themselves, have them on the show and get them to tell some of the wildest stories they have from being in a band, being on the road, at concerts, you know, in the studio, anything of that nature. We also showcase music throughout the entire show, such as punk, screamo, hardcore, metal, thrash, you know, shoegaze, indie rock, anything of that nature, anything with like the distortion pedal, anything that you typically wouldn't hear on a radio station nowadays. Don't forget to like and subscribe in whatever podcast app you're listening to so you can get all the cool updates on what we're doing. Follow us on our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And uh, if you are a musician or a photographer or someone who's involved with the music industry and wants to tell their wild story on Banecdotes, hit me up directly. Banecdotes at gmail.com. I also do these other episodes later in the month, you know, uh, new music of the month episodes, which I do every last Friday of the month where I feature all sorts of cool tunes that have come out of Ontario, Canada that month. And I also do an episode called Throwback Thursday, which features all sorts of really old bands, you know, tunes from like 20 years ago and sometimes tunes that maybe you haven't heard before. And we feature them all in one episode. Shows are back at 100% capacity with proof of vaccination and mask, of course. And I'm here to tell you about all the rad shows that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. Friday, December 3rd, we got the third annual Toys for Tots that Cold Shoulder puts together. It's a charity event, and if you bring a new unwrapped toy, you'll be able to get in the show for free. But also, a child this holiday season will get a gift that they may have not gotten otherwise. Cold Shoulder's playing that show. Dear God, Endgame, Final Declaration, Enemy of God, and the Homies in Cohesion are opening up that show. And that's happening at the Hard Luck Bar in Toronto. And the Scoped Exposure podcast is going to be filming that show. So that's going to be a good time. The following day, December 4th, in Hamilton, at the Kill Room, we got Endgame, Rust, Die Alone, Category 5. One four, and Depth to Society playing that show. It's at a skate park at the Kill Room, so bring your skateboard. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and the following day in St. Catharines at the Warehouse, we've got Category 514 playing with the homies in Reality Denied. Cohesion's also playing. we got Gavel and Last Wretch. That's going to be a good time. December 12th in London, we've got Falsifier. Playing with Underlier, Jock, and Losing Sight. That is the homie lineup. That's going to be a rad show. So if you're in that area, definitely go check out that show. 
Cawthra is playing some shows in December from December 11th to December 19th. They're playing Brampton, Ottawa, Sherbrooke, Montreal, and Hamilton. That's going to be great. In the new year, in 2022, January 5th, Teeth are playing Hamilton at the doors. But that show's already sold out, so if you don't have your tickets for that... You're out of luck. That's the that's the thing with the new age. We're not we're not at the physical ticket stage anymore. It's all about getting your tickets advanced and online. Make sure you go and get your tickets online for all these shows that are coming up, especially this show coming up on January 14th in Brampton at Spot One Grill. We got Year of the Knife. It's gonna be a hell of a show. Cold Shoulders playing that. Friction, cohesion. And Real World are opening up that show. Go get your tickets online. That's going to be a crazy gig. All right, folks, let's get into the guest this week. It's episode 50. We're celebrating good times here at Banecdotes. So we're pulling out the big guns as well. You know, I have an important guest this week. Uh, you know, definitely had a huge impact on my uh you know, teenagehood growing up, especially getting into the music that, uh, you know, I feature on this show today. Um, I'm talking about Jesse Engelvix, the former drummer of Alexis on Fire. He also plays in a band called Acids at the moment. He played in a band called Doppelgangers, um, uh, Whamco. Uh, he played in a, bl- a band called Liars Club. He's played in so many bands. Lambs Become Lions. Yeah, no, guys been around the block and he had so many cool stuff to talk about. He also told about a band that he played in before Alexis on Fire called The Band, spelled B-A-N-N-E-D. And you know what? I told him, any chance you could go find some old demos of uh, your first band there? And he's like, you know what, Phil? Let me do my best. And uh, he got back to me a couple days later and uh, he found something rad for me. Uh, So I'm going to start the show off with that. So this is Jesse Anglevix's first band called The Band, spelled B-A-N-N-E-D, with their song, Backlash. Hey, 
that drops yeah and then they come running out right the dudes that were just in the front just get obliterated exactly so in this scenario what happened it was so specific is they dropped the hatch too far so they weren't close to the shore enough they dropped it too far out and what happened was it was stuck in the sand so if they went any further it got jammed and if the soldiers were to jump out it was too deep that they would drown yeah so his boat just had to end up backing up all the way back to uh, england and didn't fight is that fucked? That is. Is that crazy? That's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't be alive if that Because everyone just thinks of like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Though that battle and how fucking insane that is. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's really scary. I don't ever want to be in a war. No, war and jail are my two like biggest fears. <laughs> I've walked through the Barton Street jail a few times having to do lo- locates. We're going. Right on. Well, Jesse, thank you for coming to Banecdotes today. Uh, I'm your host, Phil Paxton, and this is my co-host, Nick. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So how, how's your day been so far? It's been pretty good. Hasn't been too bad. Yeah. You said you worked today? I worked. Yep. Did a lot of walking down on the waterfront trail down in Bayfront Park of Hamilton. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. I walked about... Cold day for a walk. Yeah. yeah. I bundled up nice. The sun came out. I walked almost a kilometer marking. I do some utility locating, so I marked a bunch of the hydro lines. And then my machine died, no batteries, and I ran out of my can of paint. And my car was almost a kilometer away. <laughs> so I had to walk all the way back to my car. Oh, no. Sit and charge my hand unit, warm up, go back for that same walk out to the end of it, finish up, walk back to my car. When I was done, then go get a clipboard and take some measurements and stuff like that. And that was that was pretty much half my day. <laughs> but it was very calming and relaxing out there. I sat down on the benches a few times, just looked out into the Hamilton Harbor. It was quiet. Had a few chats with some old people walking by. Yeah, it's a really nice part of Hamilton there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Did you, did you uh, I know it's Halloween just passed. Did you do anything for Halloween? Like, did you have any kids come by? Give out candy? I didn't at my house, but I took my son out. Oh, in, great! Uh, yeah, in his uh, his mom's neighborhood. So what was he dressed as? He was a scary scarecrow. Oh, nice! <laughs> and he wanted to be Venom, but there were there were not very good Venom costumes right. out and about. And then I maybe I should have tried to make one, but this year didn't time didn't allow for that. So. We ended up with a scary scarecrow. Those pre-made costumes always kind of look like they were like Venom's pajamas. Yeah. They never actually look like the, the, the superhero. They were all like a half-morph Venom or like <laughs> something like that where it's like just, you know, he, 
my kid just didn't didn't like it. No. He wasn't stoked. He's like, no. <laughs> Looks at it, shake the head, no. Did you see the movies? I haven't seen the movies. No, I haven't. No, neither have I. I think all, all I'm familiar with is Topher Grace. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah, and the third one. That's yeah. like the emo Spider-Man. The emo Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, the last one I saw. Too. Yeah. Did you have any kids for Halloween? Come by? I don't think so. I. You don't think so? Um, Are you sleeping? I closed my bedroom door so that there would be no light for my oh, living so room. So you were the house that, like... I, yeah, I was trying not to, and I didn't hear anyone, so I don't think I did. Maybe I did, and I just ignored it. We I made a bit of a mistake, so I finished my trick-or-treating with my son around. I'd leave around 7 because I had dinner plans. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, my front porch light was on at my house. Didn't realize. <laughs> no. Step in the door. Moments later, I get a knock at the door, and I'm like, oh, shit, we don't have any candy. So I had to very politely tell the panda bear at my door that I didn't have any candy. <laughs> Yet she also looked a lot older than she should have been for trick-or-treating, <laughs> so I didn't feel so bad. That's fair. But the look of di- look of disgrace came upon when the mask came off. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm like, yep. <laughs> I, with my wife and I, we set up this uh, like a ha- uh, like a haunted house oh, cool. in our carport. Uh, I'll show you actually yeah, what it ended up looking like. We were there before. It, right I love before. I love like houses that do the big setup. Or we something, did a big setup. Creepy. We had the yeah. full bar chocolate bars because yes. like you know you got to give out the full bars. We had about probably seven kids. Like it was like <laughs> there wasn't anybody who came. Really? By. Yeah, it was oh, a little man. disappointing. But uh, I wanted to tell you this, Nick. Uh, I got to take my niece out uh, mm. trick or treating this uh, weekend, nice. which is always a nice time. That's fun. But like when you were trick or treating, and when your parents always took you out, they always stood at the end of the driveway, right? I think so. And then you go and get your candy. I think so. That wasn't the case for me. I dressed up, and I also got candy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I totally was that sad panda at your door. I like I, t- I brought a bag, and you know what? Not a single person denied me. It was probably because, like you him? said. I did. Yes, okay, did. good, good. <laughs> good. Like, like you said, only like six people came. They're probably just, oh, well, here, take some candy so I don't eat it all. Like, <laughs> yeah, here true. you go. Yeah, no, um... And I was wearing, like, this werewolf mask that, like, allowed my mouth to talk. And uh, at one point, some lady was like, oh, it's amazing how that mask is, like, you can talk with the mouth. So it made me think that, like, my goatee, <laughs> like, they, the people who saw me, like, they thought that the goatee was part, part of, the, of mask. the mask. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I think I know the mask you're talking about. I, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, was lo- I was looking at one of those that moved. And I was like, oh, let's just do the jumpsuit and the blank white face and be Michael Myers. There you year. go. Did you see the new Halloween? I haven't yet. Okay. Do you like Halloween? I do like Halloween. You're going to be disappointed. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in it? Yeah. Good. Is that the yeah. last one? Is she always in? in it? I think she so. isn't always in them. I um, know that she was in the one, the remake. Was it the 20 year remake back in H2O? like. H2O? That was like, I want to, how old was I? Like grade eight, grade nine, grade <laughs> seven, somewhere on there. I remember going to see that one and being thoroughly not so scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was in the last one. She's in this one. And then they're going to do one more, I guess. They're going to do Side one. note. Yeah. When I first moved to St. Catharines, there was a girl on my street named Jamie Lee Curtis. A girl in my Did she look my age younger? range. No. <laughs> no. But we, we played hide-and-go-seek together. Nice. Classic game. Yeah. Right on. So I, we were just talking uh, before uh, we got into Halloween, or started the podcast. Um, the last time I think I saw you, was that the pup show? Probably. We also, I, I also did, uh, Cinder played a show in Welland with Sunnyside that I think you showed up to, too. Was Cawther on that bill? Yeah. Yes. 100%. <laughs> because as soon as I walked in and saw Mr. Davis over there, it brought all that back. 
<laughs> it was in a sketchy house. Yeah, it was in the weirdest venue. It was I've... in a very sketchy house. It was in like St. Catharines? Welland. Welland. Uh, okay. So okay. it's this... my father dro- dropped me off at that show <laughs> and Cothra drove me home. <laughs> and I remember sitting behind like in like a room that was made of like there's no ceiling. Or there was a ceiling, but there was like walls and then a even higher up ceiling and it had like a spray painted gold chandelier and a table and chairs and that was it. <laughs> and it was I'm just I was waiting there between bands playing and it was very weird the owner very sketchy of, of that bar i don't know if you remember this is that a bar uh, bar. Uh, <laughs> the owner of that place we'll call it the owner of those walls um they had like a fireplace in the corner there yes but it never had a, it didn't have a chimney oh, so it's like you're just lighting a fire in a room so that's not ventilated dangerous. so it's just the smoke just filled up the entire place <laughs> And it's, yeah, That's it's great. firewood smoke, too, so it's not like... Yeah, yeah just, like, thick smoke <laughs> filling the room. Yeah, yeah, nice. and there's bands on stage trying to scream, and, you know, I'm, tra- like, yeah. trying to do my thing, and you're choking, choking on the smoke. I definitely was taking a lot of funny uh, videos <laughs> of a bunch of us in front of that fireplace. Yeah, yeah. And I was just checking if they're still on my phone to laugh about, but I must have, must have dumped them onto the computer. <laughs> I think the last thing I have on my phone is just at the beginning of the whole COVID situation, doing some work downtown on five-lane streets with no traffic. <laughs> that was very bizarre. Oh, boy. So, uh, you're playing you playing in music or bands these days? I know I saw you with Whamco, and you also, did you play with Doppelgangers? I did. Yes. Doppelgangers was a very short, short jaunt. It was rad, though. We played one show. <laughs> I remember that show. It was with Cold Shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who else played. I don't remember who else but played But I do either. remember getting myself ready for that one show, practicing a lot, feeling very good about that show, and then something happened and we all just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it's a shame. And then Whamco was the next group that I played with. That was 1992-93 Blue Jays-themed thrash metal. <laughs> that band also is defunct. That's an interesting one. It sucks when you have to kick your roommate out, and that in turn turns into your band breaking up. Yeah. So that's what happened in that that's situation. That's awkward. I mean, yeah. Nick didn't have to kick out his old roommate, but he certainly had to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was fun time. So he could definitely relate. Yeah. You only just had to add him being in a band, in your band, in yeah. the I equation. I mean, we do have an uh, unfinished record sitting on my hard drive, but, but we'll you too? never get finished. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like I didn't I didn't want the band to end, and then I did, and then I didn't again, and I was like, yeah, we can keep trying this, and then we got together I think once, and I was like, no, no, I can't be in a room with this guy anymore. No way. Unfortunately, that sucks. Yeah, it's too bad. You said you were you you were jamming on Monday. I was. Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, of course, I'd love to. Um, haven't been doing anything musically. For a good year and a bit. I guess the last thing I was doing was a project called Liars Club. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which COVID happened. We just couldn't get our shit together. People involved. That fizzled out. I do believe that Liars Club has been resurrected by said members. Mm -hmm. And it's going again. So... That'll be interesting to have a listen to and 
whenever that comes out. For sure. I was damn with that band. I enjoyed it a lot, but yeah. just things happen, you know, whatever. So it's been a while since I've done anything. Bought a bunch of recording gear at the beginning uh, of April last last year, and then never got around to really doing much with it. Timing, the house I was at had bad vibes in it, so I just never never got things off the ground. Then recently this summer, I sent a message to an old friend I found on the internet. He previously played in the band Cheerleader, which went on to become Kill Cheerleader. And then after that band broke up, he went on to be in Die Mannequin. And then when that band broke up, he took some time away from music, came back, has started this project and another, I believe and asked me if I wanted to come out and do some some playing, if I was still doing that sort of thing, and I was more than happy to say yes, I would love to. And that group is called Acids, A-C-I-I-D-Z, and it's just good old punk rock and roll. Oh, I love it. Can't wait to hear that. Guitar solos, just keeping the beat down. Sick. Squeal, guitar squeals. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. It was a breath of fresh air to listen to it and go, wow, this is actually something I would listen to. Not just like you try to want to like it because it's offered to you to have something to do. But right off the get-go, I was like, I'm down with this. So last week on Monday, I worked all day in Hamilton, drove home back to Niagara, jumped in my car, drove to Toronto, had our first band practice with the, the two guitar players, and it went really well. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's great. Looking forward to hearing yeah, that. I'm excited to hear that. Are there any uh, Ontario bands that have caught your attention within the last couple of years? Anything that's really stuck out for you? Probably. I'm, well, oh, you already mentioned Cothra. I was going to say <laughs> I was going to say Cothra for sure because I'm good buddies with a few of those guys, and they're just heavy, heavy as as all can be. Oh yeah. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Any other bands? It's, I haven't been out to see any music in a long time. It can be tough. Off the, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. That's fair. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of bands floating uh, around in Ontario, right? I, no, love lo- I love local music, though. Oh, I love that. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Going to see music. And yeah. I miss it's, going to see music. Nice what was the last show you saw? Go. Oh, man. What was it, even? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Let's just try to go back in time here. <laughs> Let's take a time travel for a minute. Oh, we saw you at Pop. Yeah. That was... 2019. Yeah. <laughs> well, then COVID kind of stopped. Yeah. I don't know what I would have... shortly after I don't that. know what I would have seen in, like, the fall or, like, winter of 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. I don't even know. It's been a while. It's Yeah, it's been too long. I saw... In February 2020, I took a boat from Cancun, Mexico, to Isle Mujeres, which is a 20-minute boat ride. Okay. And on that boat ride was a gentleman playing the guitar and singing, and it was the most heartfelt, authentic music I could ever hear coming out of Mexico. I wish I knew what the lyrics were. This gentleman, I wish he had a tape or an album or something. Because his guitar, his 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 stand for his mic 
was just like rusted and taped together. The sea had ravaged it and he was not letting go of that thing. And he had the, the nice nylon stringed, stringed acoustic and he had the most emotion I've ever seen come out of a person. So I can remember that very vividly. So maybe that's the last show that I saw. Yeah. And it was that's incredible. Right. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Sounds like he just like found the mic stand underwater. <laughs> he was fishing that came up yeah, yeah. it's got That's a win right there and stuff he's like i can use this some... <laughs> that's awesome yep. uh so uh let's get into some uh some of your old bands dong I, I i have a big question to ask you yeah what were some of the inspirations that led you to you and alexis on fire to start playing that kind of music at that time because if i'm being honest alexis on fire was probably my intro into like screamo heavy metal so i'm just curious what were you listening prior to that that kind of led you to play that kind of music definitely it was a big mix of the late 90s early 2000s emo which is that very sad music that people tend to to sing about relationships and broken hearts Mm -hmm. uh mixed in with a bunch of the screaming bands that were playing at the time. Some bands that were definitely influential would be Taken from Southern California. Cool. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of them. They were put out by a record from a record label out of Hamilton called Goodfellow Records. Oh, cool. So they played a lot in Southern Ontario. Nice. I was able to see them a few times around like like Lockport, New York. We played at a skate park and saw, or we saw them at a skate park, ended up playing there as well, becoming friends with those guys. And then one of Alexis on Fire's first U.S. tours was with Taken, It Dies Today, and Between the Buried and Me. Wow. That's rad. Um, And it was booked by a gentleman named X Ed X Edge X. (laughs) And he just reached out to us and said, can I book you a tour? And we were a bunch of high school kids that said, yes, you can. So we took March break and another week off of school, I believe. Maybe another two. Probably not two, but probably March break in a week and did a U.S. tour. And that was amazing. But back to some influential bands. I want to say Thrice, Thursday. Ooh. Uh, those guys were... Those guys were both signed to major labels around the time Alexis was getting big, so they were just out there yeah. a lot. So listen to them a lot. Uh, I want to say like Boys Night Out, mm-hmm. local friends. Oh yeah, uh, from Autumn to Ashes, a bunch of those Ferret bands. Pretty much anything on like Equal Vision, Ferret Records, Trustkill, mm-hmm. all those bands. Super. Just cool. kind of came up listening to all those and not wanting to mimic it in any way, but just saying, hey, we want to have singing, we want to have screaming. Yeah. And that was kind of just some soft, some quiet, some loud, some more loud. And then it just kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. When did you see, when did you start to see, like, the crazy success when you were in, like, Alexis? Like, when when did it become, like, this band that you were just having fun in to, like, a bunch of people give a shit about this? The first year we played Scene Festival. Oh, cool. When was that? What year? That would have been 2002. Oh, shit. That may have been one of the first ones I went to. It would have been 2002. We played at the Knack. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in, they so have a stage about like, you know, yeah. half a foot off the ground. Well, yeah. I think I was wearing, it was, that wasn't Halloween, but we used to, we dressed up a lot at shows. <laughs> so I recall wearing gold MC hammer, like whatever those pants were. The parachute pants. The parachute, yeah, parachute pants. pants. I wore a gold parachute <laughs> pants for that show. But realizing as we played that the room was just exploding for the first time like that, was that was a realization of, whoa, people give a shit. And they actually actually give a shit. So I think a really good band played after us called the Secession Movement, and so many people left, and I was really bummed. Oh, that sucks when that happens. Yeah, but I mean, it is so what it is. Was that that was the first time that you kind of were like, oh, there's something here? Or like, did it people start are before actually... then? Like, where like you know when you guys wrote the first couple songs, were you like, oh shit, like this is we we have something here? Or is it? Mm, I don't think we realized yet. Okay. Then just trying to play as often as we could around Southern Ontario and just slowly getting, going back to cities that were so small. And, and like seeing that grow. And it grew and people cool. would want us back and then other little towns were calling out for us and we're like, this is crazy. We pretty much tried anything in a 500 kilometer radius of St. Catharines. Nice. We would try to play if we could and we called that the kill zone. <laughs> cool. So he just, you know, anything in that, that's a, that's a one night out and back. You could do the yeah. drive and come yeah. back. Those, those are key. Those into, even are... into the States. Like I recall doing a show in Detroit with the Chiodos brothers before they were Chiodos. Wow. And that was sketchy. <laughs> Only for the fact of we got lost, went to a McDonald's and it was very scary trying to ask for directions just because no one wanted to talk to us. No one wanted to let us know what was going on. We felt very out of place. Found our way to the hall. We were late. Everyone was still waiting. <laughs> we played. Chiodos was there. I got their demo CD. And then oh, a few years later, they were on Equal Vision Records. Wow. Yeah, yeah just massive band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was in our kill zone. And we're like, yeah, we'll do this. <laughs> It, you folks, now when I was growing up, I never actually once got to go to the uh, the hideaway, which was like the venue in St. Catharines, mm -hmm. which no, everyone went to go I never to. Got there either. Uh, Grantham and Linwell. Yeah, yeah. What What are some iconic shows that you remember happening at the hideaway? Because I never, I like I said, I never. I was I was at L three in Red Square, but I never made it to the hideaway. Oh, the hideaway, the first CD release party on Halloween, was really two thousand two. Wow. Nine. Years ago, shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. I was just a young pup then. <laughs> so yeah, at that I want to say it was that show. Somebody took a pitcher, like a beer pitcher, and just smashed it on the floor at the like, in the front of the front of the like the stage. You know, like this big, huge guy got cut in the arm. Oh boy, he didn't even care. <laughs> he was just like, oh, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, playing. Multiple Ferret Records tours there. A lot, like there was a couple with Static Lullaby, um, From Autumn to Ashes, Boys Night Out. Just, uh, I think we played with Hope's Fall, Nora, 18 Visions there. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, one of those, one of those tours, we do these like small, small Ontario tours where those bands would come through and we'd get on those shows luckily and do like St. Catharines, London, uh, 
Montreal and Quebec, just a little little uh, Ottawa sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Club Saw in Ottawa. I'm not sure if that's still around. I don't know. I feel I've been there at some point yeah. in my life. On one of Club those, Saw? On one of those tours, we played <clears throat> Club Saw, and it's like an art space kind of kind of deal. Yeah. <clears throat> and someone from the band went to jump off the wall, and they put their foot right through the, <laughs> right through it. <laughs> And people weren't too happy. The promoter wasn't too happy. Yeah, he thought we did it on purpose. We we're just we we're just trying to jump off the wall. <laughs> like, sorry guys. I, we played because a center played a show. Center played a show in uh, Ottawa of 2020, just before the pandemic, and uh, various. It wasn't it wasn't that. It was a it was like a coffee shop where we played. It was okay. like. Uh, probably where bands shouldn't be playing. I don't know what happened. I don't know who booked us, but we ended up there. And uh, Sinner was playing, and I, we, I was doing my thing. And at one point, like, for the end of the, the set, I, like, punched the wall. And I didn't punch a hole through the wall, but I did hit the wall hard enough that a post, a glass frame poster fell down. And, yeah, the, the owner was, like, not happy. He made, I, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and, and I was like, I'll pay you money to, he made me pay 35 bucks to, to like reimburse we glass it. Up, yeah, yeah. So like, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll... it sounds like he made a profit off. He fell. He kind of did, <laughs> but because it wasn't really a bar, like I said, it was like a coffee shop. It's not like anybody, he wasn't making like bar sales. So I was like, you know what? I, f- I do feel bad. Like I do feel bad. <laughs> uh, did you guys, sorry. Did you... No, I, have, I have one more memorable show that I can yeah. think of at the hideaway. It was if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was Nora and Eighteen Visions and Alexis on Fire and Hope's Fall. And the gentleman from Equal Vision Records drove from upstate New York to come see us that night. Really? It was a snowstorm. <laughs> they made it to the show. They watched us play, and as soon as we were done, they apologized. And said they had to leave right away so they can get home safely. <laughs> and shortly after that, we were signed Equal Vision Records. Crazy. Which was amazing. Just yeah. incredible. They're still functioning, right? Equal yeah. Vision? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. many good bands on that label. Yeah. Bane, Coheed and Cambria. We played with Silent Drive, Bear vs. Shark. Bear vs. I haven't heard that band oh. <laughs> I haven't heard that band name in forever. Yep. That's great. Some fun, just some fun dudes in bands on that label and everyone was really nice everyone got along really well Fear Before the March of Flames oh my god one of the never got to play with those guys but they were they were around the same time I that saw we were them on them. In, uh, at the Casbah like 10 years yeah. ago it was fucked they were just <laughs> like I, they must have been on a bunch of acid and just had like trees as like stage pro- it was weird <laughs> it was really cool I saw Fear before at 73 I knew they played in some <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the old rock universe yeah 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 <laughs> yeah crazy band I heard yeah when you were talking to Timmer you guys were talking about that yeah yeah Yeah, because he used to run that space over there their uh, Fear Before's drummer now plays for Eaton yeah yeah oh okay cool did you ever play with Every Time I Die they're like one of my favorite bands (laughs) that's why I ask it (laughs) if I did I don't know fair enough I don't think I did then okay I do know that before like Alexis days and, and all that, I remember going to Buffalo to Rat Boy's birthday bash for a couple of years. Really? Then, oh man. Like at the backstage pub in Buffalo. I wanna like I'll try to list off some of the bands from that night. I definitely remember seeing Hope's Fall. I remember seeing uh like every time I die I played. 
It Dies Today was on that one. Because they were also a Buffalo band. It yep, Dies Today. yep, yep. Oh, there's like, oh, like so many metalcore bands are on that show. I can't even think of who played that 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 show. There's like 10 to 12 amazing bands from that genre in that time frame. That's awesome. And it was, yeah, Rat Boy's birthday bash. <laughs> I don't know what he's gone on to do for drums, because they've had a few drummers since, since He him. played on Big Dirty, and then he hasn't... Didn't uh, he play in Cute Is What We Aim For? Did he? That, like, pop punk band. I know what, I know what the band you're talking about. I'm pretty about. sure. I could be very wrong about that, but they're, I'm pretty sure they were, like, a Buffalo band. like just on They the were also from sh- Buffalo? I think so, or that oh, kind of... That, that part is Wait, just, just because... But yeah, I, I believe... I've... Just because he was doing that sort of genre, I wouldn't put it past him to have been in a pop-punk band. I could be very yeah. wrong about that. Interesting. <laughs> checks checks the Googles. Check yeah, 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 fact check us. Now, when you, did you guys do all the recording for the first records yourself? Like, No. We, we went to... I uh, did drums for the self-titled record at umbrella sound in toronto and chemical sound okay and then we did all the guitars and vocals at the emi publishing studios cool i remember being in like a west 49 and like at that point they had like the cd booths and like i were like my sister my sister always knew bands before i did and she was like this is alexis on fire and like it was very obvious that it was from st Catharines because of the kilts right the dm kilts Someone I was recording a band a couple of years ago that they like their teacher took the photo or something. Oh yeah, they knew who. Yeah, it was okay. some relation to the taking the photo. It, it was a St. Catharines band. I actually live now around the corner from that school. Ferndale, right? Yeah, I live yeah. around the corner from Ferndale yeah. now. I just moved in the Merritt boy. I am now. <laughs> right on. I live right across the street from Seven Eleven. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it is, I love them. It is good and bad. Yeah. Because there's so much accessibility. Well, I feel like when I need a chocolate bar, I'm just <laughs> walking into another room of my house. I'm not. I'm not walking across the street. I'm just walking into another room. And yeah. there you go. Okay, and then I'm back at home moments later eating that that Reese's pieces. That's like, funny. <laughs> but yeah, my my wife's from Meriton, and uh, she also went to DM too. So like the, that, you just even that cover alone just reminds me of my wife for that reason alone. <laughs> oh yeah. Good times. Good times. Now, how did you guys form Alexis? How did that start? Uh, I just got asked to play drums. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That would that would have been that would have been Wade's concoction. Really? Yeah. So, did you guys all go to the same school? Uh, no. So, Wade and Steele lived in the same neighborhood. I went to Sir Winston with Wade in grade nine. And then we'd met a year or two before playing on the same St. Catharines Minor Baseball Association team. <laughs> That's great. The Pirates. The Pirates. And we were both such great players that when we were both away on our uh, summer vacations, our team won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Came back to get the uh, trophy. <laughs> nice. You're like, thanks, guys. And I helped out. I was a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, heard Wade's new project? Do you I have. Children? Yes. So sick. I really like it. Have you? I haven't listened to it yet. No. Oh, it's really cool. It's, it's like it's a couple tracks that really stand out to me. It reminds me if I if I were to try and sell it to you, Chuck Reagan meets Grateful Dead. I'm sold. <laughs> I, I'm in. Yeah, it's very psych rock. It's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've I've heard like bits of it, but I haven't listened to the full thing yet. So you were just kind of asked to drum in that scenario, right? Yeah, I was in a in a local punk band at the time called The Band, B A N N E D kind of taking 
realizing now kind of taken from good old the band <laughs> yeah, yeah. Canadian classics yeah. I named my son Levon after Levon Helm oh great so it all kind of all kind of works its way into each other <laughs> so that's pretty cool but yeah that that was definitely I would say it's Wade, it was Wade's brainchild and then he just brought me in kept Steel on board he knew George from playing in Condemning Salem on bass actually wow and Dallas was just finishing up with Helicon Blue. I remember actually meeting him in the parking lot with Wade and Wade asking him to come out and have a band practice with us, and he came out. Wow. And I believe on our first band practice, we wouldn't say wrote because it was already written, but we formed Little Girls Pointing and Laughing oh. at our one of our first jams. That's, sick. That's so sick. Somewhere I have a cassette tape recording on a little, that came off a little Sony, like, boombox from that jam really so that exists somewhere in a box tucked <laughs> away wild. somewhere would that be like the earliest demos of that would be, be the earliest like recordings the earliest, that i say? can think of yeah that's wow. wild that's super we, cool we practiced at my parents house on the second floor in like the front room drum room of course yeah and yeah. then like my parents used to hate that yep. yeah <laughs> like any anyone walking by would have heard us because we were just like front of the house top floor just windows on all sides just like you know Music to the heavens. <laughs> Funny that uh, two houses down from my parents, my sister now owns that house and lives in it, and the old lady named Margaret that used to live there didn't like the drumming so much. No. <laughs> and I don't think it was like a band playing, but either my brother, who's a drummer, or myself were you know playing multiple days in a row, multiple hours in a row, and she came over and let my parents know that we should probably play for one half hour at a time <laughs> with breaks. <laughs> and unfortunately, that just couldn't happen. <laughs> I mean, we, we would stop before 9 o'clock. You don't want to piss off the neighbors. That's the, I see nothing wrong with that. Uh, Side note, another, uh, another, another uh, album was made. Not the, no, no albums were made at that house, but another group, an album was made across the street who would be a uh, pretty prominent Niagara group. Wave. Wave? Oh, my God. <laughs> remember Wave? Yeah, I do remember. You would. Uh, they, they were a pop band, and yep. they got popular. They got very popular. They had this... Uh, going to uh, California. Going to California. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Going to live the life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know what song you're talking That's about. The only they, song they, they wrote and recorded that across the street from my parents' house. Wow. Yeah. I forgot that that oh. band was from this yep. area. Yeah, that's funny. Just an interesting little little side note. That's there. super <laughs> interesting. Uh, before we get into some anecdotes, though, uh, what's what's your favorite piece of gear that you own? And I always like to ask this question and then slowly give it to my buddy Nick here because he is more of the gear nerd than I am. So, is what's your favorite piece of gear that you own? Okay, it's either a drum or a cymbal. <laughs> I'm gonna say. My 21-inch Sabian Signature Liquid Ride. Okay. It's the Chester Thompson Liquid Ride. It's fantastic. I just can't live without it. Is that your main one, then? That's your, your go-to? It is, but I only... Like, I had a couple okay. over the years, and I've cracked a few, and then I had, like, a replacement, and I cracked that. So I have one left. <laughs> so I kind of go back and forth. Saving, I did, trying to preserve it. Yeah, I did pick up... 
a artisan ride a few years ago, okay. which I love. So I've been playing that a lot lately. But then recently when I went to jam with acids, I brought the liquid ride. No, maybe I didn't. Hmm. <laughs> I'll have to look in my symbol bag and see. I've, I'm still a sweet ride guy. Are you? I've always, I've always would, been the sweet ride. I would use that as a crash symbol. The 21-inch sweet I've is done, a crash. I've done that for a while, too. And then I ended up cracking it because it's yes. a little thin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not a pingy, I'm not a pingy ride no, guy. Never. I like the wash yeah. with a nice bell. Yeah. And the liquid ride is like a beveled edge, so you can just get like a real nice crash wash okay, with it. cool. I think I'm a big fan of my latest drum kit that I purchased about two, I would say two and a half, three years ago. I decided I wanted to play a YC drum kit. Hell yeah. I met Jordan at the last scene festival in Montebello Park. The last one. That was the last yeah. one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The two day one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, weird. Didn't, they, didn't he like backline it? I'm not sure, but he was oh, there. There's a festival. He, there's, he yeah, backlined a couple festivals. He may have, but uh, he was there and someone introduced me to him and I got to know him and I just kept in touch and then hearing all his drums I'm like I just want to play some of these because they oh, sound fucking fantastic yeah they are awesome so I was able to get my hands on an old backline kit that he had cool and it is 24 24 by 14 kick I want to say probably sounds I know it's like 24 I don't know the, I don't know exactly the depth and then it's got a 15 inch high tom and an 18 inch floor tom sick that's just awesome big it's big and bulky um <laughs> I just like those, like the double tom feels like the junka junka pow. When yeah, when we did the last Hellvent record, we got uh, one of his YC kits. Yeah, it was a twenty-four. I think it was a twenty-four by ten. Nice. Uh, I think it was a fourteen and eighteen inch. So bar. punchy yeah. those yeah, kicks. Yeah, oh, they're fucking awesome. I love them. He makes really good drums. There's something else that I just purchased last year through YC. Jordan hooked me up. It is why can't I think of the name? It's this little piece. It's like a metal piece that clips on to oh, the, the side. The snare weights? The snare really? weights. Yeah. That's the snare weights. I bought the snare weight off him with a, a couple of the different uh, leather pads on it. And that thing is so cool. Yeah. Oh, they make a huge difference. It's right? amazing. Yeah. They, it's um, a tiny bit pricey, but not really when you think of, am I going to buy moon gels my whole life? Exactly. And then who told me the moon gel hack the other day? Oh, someone told me. <laughs> yeah, it was the, I'm not going to, I don't want to. I don't want to say, but I will say. All you have to buy is just like some kind of little, I can't remember what they were exactly. It was like Halloween-shaped like jelly things. Okay. And he stuck those on his snare drum instead of moon gels. And we're like... Because yeah, I've seen people use like the sticky hands and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, stuff like too. that. Yeah, just anything made of the same material. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that totally works. And you can get like a big bag of them for like... $2. Oh, it was, uh, it was the guitar player from Acids, Danny. And he also has a drum kit at the jam space, a Pearl drum kit that he paid $50 for at Valley Village. Wow. I love those deals. It's such a good $50 drum kit. (laughs) Like, I can't believe it. I've never found a deal like that. I've always like, I've always wanted to like stumble upon that deal and I've never been fortunate enough to. Trent found a road case at Valley Village for like 20 bucks. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 He keep he kept the price tag on it just so like people would yeah. be like twenty bucks like and he's yeah. like yeah man like yeah. yeah Danny pointed out the the price tag on this kit I'm like wow forty nine dollars <laughs> perfect <laughs> we got you a drum kit from Value yeah, yeah it's right over there still so one uh, of the one of the coolest finds sorry to interrupt here yeah. coolest finds that I found drums on the side of the road someone was selling them out of a little like 
shed of like garage sale stuff. They're called King's King's Head. They're made in Japan. Okay. And the top the top head and the bottom head are different sizes. Okay. So the drum is like <laughs> Trying to like a, not a V shape, but like things it's, like that. Yeah, it's, like it's got like, it's got like a 16 inch on the top <laughs> and a 14 inch on the bottom. So I have a floor tom and a bass drum, and they had like the original Remo drum skins on them. What what sizes to what sizes are they? <laughs> it's okay. The, the the floor tom was like 16 and 14. Okay, and then the bass drum is like 18 and 16. But they don't Weird. but they don't quite fit. There's something <laughs> odd about them that I like. I couldn't quite get the heads to fit on them <laughs> made in japan right so just a low low end beginner drum kit like it's i'm not even sure what kind of wood it is with what you know probably mahogany with something but they're really <laughs> they're really cool side tables there you go <laughs> there you go that's kind of what they get used for now yeah yeah <laughs> so i i started drumming not too long ago and uh one of the first songs that i actually started drumming along to was Happiness by the Kilowatt. I love your drum beats in that song. Actually, that, that song originated after the drum beat. That was what came first in oh, that, that song. The drum beat? Drum beat came first. Of so, course it did. So, <laughs> what, EK, what, what do you think of, what other band do you think of, or other kind of like riff when you hear that? That I can't think. I was actually just, just about to say how unique it was and how I haven't heard it from another band. Do you guys ever listen to the Mars Volta? No, I don't Not actually. Really. Oh, so that's no. that was probably why. Oh. So when their when their first album came out, I listened to it very heavily. Really loved at the drive-in. Loved what what Mars Volta was doing. And when that first album came out, listened to the shit out of it. And I want to say it's the song Cicatriz ESP. So I was just probably sat down behind my drum kit and I was like thinking about that song. I'm like I'm just gonna mimic the guitar line in that song on the drums. Cool. And then it came out as that beat. Dallas kind of stopped me. He's like, whoa, hey, let's see what's going on here. And then we just kind of formed it from that. And that's how that song came I about. I love that drum beat. That's and I do, I do know that they still play it live, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw Lex on Fire play in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother-in-law got tickets. Asked me if I wanted to go. Nice. I don't really talk to those guys much, so it was interesting to go. I was, I enjoyed myself. That's good. It was really fun.
some. Well, let's get into some anecdotes. Tell me some wild stories from being on the road or, or oh, okay. whether it's at shows. Well, here's or the, the first one that I can think of. Yeah. This trend. Like once I start kind of getting into this part of my brain, they all things will just start popping out here and there. <laughs> I can recall the first thing I think about is San Antonio, Texas. Play a show in San Antonio. Need to find a place to stay. We're not buying hotel rooms or motel rooms. We're not even at the point of a Motel 6 room at this point. Right. We're just asking anyone on the mic who can give us a floor to sleep on. Yeah. So we get lucky, and the promoter named Angel decides that he will take us to a house that we can sleep in. In a regular old neighborhood, drives us there, says, okay, we'll uh, I'll see you in the morning. I'm like, okay. And we go in. Appears that people live there. <laughs> there's a couch, there's a TV, there's a kitchen, there's bedrooms with beds, there's a bathroom. But when you look a little closer, you realize that no one really, really lives here, I don't think. There's eggs cracked on the floor of the pantry, <laughs> there's no hot water, there is so much white dog hair all over the couch and the living room. It was just very strange. So a few people slept in the van because we would always keep one or two in the van with the gear. Good call. Yep. I slept in the living room and got covered in dog hair. <laughs> I took the coldest shower in the morning <laughs> and Angel never showed up in the morning. And we just realized that he just put us in a squatter's house and then we just went on our way the next morning. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It was a nice you never saw a white dog, though, eh? No. <laughs> That's interesting. We didn't at all. Yeah. There was, it appeared people lived there, but I don't know when and where. When or where. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's wild. But you, yeah, I got a place for you to stay tonight. Just fucking, <laughs> that place looks abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. How did the, like, now, I know this is like, I'm sure I could just, like, watch. How did the band name came about how like i know there's a whole history behind it watching tv <laughs> there's a show on probably i want to say like showcase or like bravo or like a and e something like that it's a documentary on contortionism okay so one of the segments was about a lactating contortionist stripper from Nevada named Alexis Fire. <laughs> I think the little like little segment on her was called Alexis on Fire. Okay. And her name was definitely Alexis Fire. Well, someone saw that. Like that. Decided it. it for the name <laughs> of the band. We went with it. And you know, we only had a GeoCities website at the time. Right. And we were getting emails from Alexis Fire's webmaster telling us, like, to cease and desist. Mm -hmm. We can't use the name anymore. This and that is going to happen. Well, we look into it. Oh, it's not a copyrighted name or anything, so let's just go ahead and keep using it. <laughs> if anything, we were getting her a lot more, yeah. a lot more <laughs> bites on the internet from people looking for us than her. So I think we did her a favor. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Absolutely. Yeah, and then kept the name, and the you know, rest is history. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, see, I knew a little bit of that. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know any of that. That's no, great. really? Hey, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I can just like pick, I can picture like 
what she looked like off like that original website lookup. <laughs> just, just, you know, Nevada stripper, lactating contortionist. <laughs> she had blonde hair and she was wearing very skimpy clothes and she was twisting her body all around. Yeah. Very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What now this is a, this is kind of a hard question. Can you pinpoint one of the best shows you've ever played with them? Or just in general, what was the best show you've ever played? Uh, there was a day that we played three shows in one day. Wow. That's a lot. I'd be tired. Yeah. yeah. Be, I Dude. would not like that. So, didn't mention these guys, but another big influence was another friend band, This Day Forward. Not sure if you guys This Day Forward? Are I think I've of heard of that name. So, they signed Equal Vision Records just before we did, and we're putting out a record at the same time. They had previously been a very like, metalcore, screaming, screamy kind of act, and then this this album on Equal Vision kind of was going the way of screamo, a little more melodic. They were always melodic, but they had they were delving into the into the singing a bit more and a bit of a change to their sound. So we liked them a lot. We played with them in Lackawanna. And I want to say, do you guys know the TV freaks? Yeah. Dave O'Connor yeah. from Hamilton. He played that show with his band, The uh, the Late Apology. Oh, okay. I remember running into Dave at that show, and that was really cool. And then, yeah. You know, years later, talking about that with him. <laughs> so we played with them, got to be friends with The Stay Forward, took them out on one of our East Coast Canadian tours in 2003, I want to say. And we made our way to Halifax, played at a cafe, not sure the name of it, but this show is online, and it's one of my favorite videos, if I were to watch, if I were to watch myself play, I just like it because it's just the crowd goes off, we're in a really small room. I think I've watched those videos many times. Yeah, there's like maybe four or five songs that are on that one. It's like July 2003 in Halifax. Yeah. Google it, YouTube it. It's there. It's really cool. And there were so many kids who wanted to get into the All Ages show that we played one set, exited everyone out of the cafe, and then had a whole new set of kids come in, pay, get ready, and then we played a second show. And then after that, we had the 19 Plus show at a bar. And I want to say there was like a, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a bar that was attached to all other, there's like six or eight bars all attached in Halifax. Mm -hmm. It's probably a name for it, like the Bar Dome or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But we played that show and that one was really cool. And what's most memorable is afterwards, or during the show, somebody took out their glass eye and just held it up (laughs) at the stage like, imagine a guy just holding an eyeball at you yeah. while you're playing. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty fucking rock right there. Yeah. And then, after the show was done, people were meeting us after, and a few people wanted autographs, and someone came up and took off their prosthetic leg and oh. had us sign their leg. I thought you were going to say they made you sign the eyeball. Uh, I would have eaten the eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I think the same night we ended up going to see Nashville Pussy play a show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty rock. Yeah. It was like this, it was all these bars connected. 
It was really, really bizarre. Like it was, it's, it's a big in Halifax. Party. Yeah, it's a big party by the water. Yeah. Did we go near there? Well, we never played near there, but I, I think no. I know exactly what they're talking about. Like, there's like so. a, we like wandered around. I think that's where the theater was. So. Yeah, yeah, we're the, yeah, we're trying There was to like these theater. bars that were like in like yeah, were they so. like stone made out of stone? No, I'm not sure. Yeah, who would, who would, why would you remember that? Well, we got another one coming to me. Warp tour. We did two weeks on warp tour, and we rented a bus. Okay, and that was really cool. We split the bus with the band Jersey. Okay, because, yeah. Because buses are expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking <laughs> about that. And we were told that you don't want to do Warp Tour in a van because the drives are very long. It's a, it's a tour meant for buses. Okay. But so many bands get on it, and it's such a great exposure and experience that you're not going to turn it down. Mm-hmm. So you end up just like just ruining yourself on long, long drives, like yeah. like more than twelve hours between shows, and that's just sometimes that's just not good. We all know that. Yeah, I mean, because you go from like playing a show to doing nothing to going back to that same energy, and it's yep. just like a, it's like a light After, switch. Yeah, right? just and then sitting like, in a van for yeah, and then yeah. like you don't get any rest, and you're in the next place. You got to do it all again, and whoever drove or stayed up, they're just you know they're just done. So we rented the van or the bus, and then I think it was Ohio. We did about ten, ten or twelve shows on that jaunt, which was really cool. Oh, two Ohio stories now are coming to me from the same same trip Lovely. here. So, you guys familiar with the band Refused? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. International Noise Conspiracy was on Warp Tour, so we got to watch them every every night or That's every day, cool. and that was just great. We had actually ran into them also in Ohio a year before. We played the Grog Shop. Our show ended, and another show was happening. International Noise Conspiracy. <laughs> Who knows how, but after the show was done, Jesse Inglevix ends up in the backstage room with all the guys from International, and they're all undressing, getting into their boxers, and I'm just like, hey guys, how's it going? You guys are awesome. I'm really stoked to be in your presence. Got to meet Dennis. Cool. Got a really cool photo taken with him, and he's holding a book of the Dada art movement. Just standing there holding it, very like straight-faced. I'm... Standing beside him with a big grin on my face, wearing these humongous glasses that were given to me by the bass player of The Bled when I lost my glasses <laughs> previously, which will go into that story after the next one, that I, next two that I have, because they're all just kind of <laughs> spiderwebbing themselves in together. Oh, they were like, like, uh, like giant, like trucker glasses, but they're the ones, they're like, <laughs> tortoise shell kind of ones they're not sunglasses by any means but they're like the prescription that you'd buy at like the convenience store kind of like the creeper glasses yeah Yeah. so i lost my glasses and i luckily was given those and they they kind of helped me out for a few weeks till i got there you go yeah (laughs) but also in in ohio we were we were i think at what's the amusement park is it six flags uh isn't it uh cedar point cedar point yeah that's the yeah. one yeah you you know yeah, yeah. oh my dad and uncle fucking yeah. love cedar point. <laughs> so warp tour was at cedar point yes so we're like dude we're going on all the water slides we played an early set and we're like we're gonna spend all day on the water slides i don't care about music today like <laughs> watching music just i don't care and 
All of a sudden, we're like, who are these guys doing the slides beside us? It's the International Noise Conspiracy. <laughs> so we ended up just like having races down the slides because it was like two slides beside each other. Racing down a slide beside Dennis Lixon of Refu from Refused <laughs> International, that was pretty cool. Uh, all those guys were super rad. Their tour manager, I don't know if he was Canadian, but he knew us somehow and he wasn't from Sweden. So that was like a bonding that we had, just kind of like, hey, you're Canadian. This is cool. So that was like just really cool riding water slides with the International Noise Conspiracy. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> And then probably day. maybe the probably maybe later that night I'd say or the next night somewhere else in it could have been in like Cleveland I don't know, but our our evening turned into like the the shows were all done evening turned into a monster energy drink party, so I was given my per diem for the day to go to the barbecue and the monster energy drink barbecue party. Well, I made the very smart decision of getting no food just getting vodka and monster drinks <laughs> which were free oh so boy. all you have to do is tip the bartender yeah you know glass jaw tip your bartender that's right yep so i had a few too many i tipped all my per diem to the bartenders <laughs> and then the next thing you know i'm just you know wandering around drunkenly having a great time Decide that I want to go back to the, the bus and go to bed because, you know, it's getting late. Got to drive the next day. There's like a bus call or whatever. We're hanging out with a gentleman from Billy Talent who are friends of ours. They were on the tour as well. And they just kept persuading me not to go, not to go. Just stay out, stay out here. Come with us here. Come with us there. So I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm very easily persuaded. So finally we're at Flogging Molly's Barbecue. And I decide I really have to go. Like, I just can't be out anymore. It's late. I'm I'm drunk. I need to go to bed. I go to say my goodbye to Ian DeSaw, gentleman with the flat top. <laughs> and we went to do a big high five. We missed. We hit each other. We tumbled. We fell directly into the fire pit. Oh, boy. <laughs> which had a great that was grilling up steaks that had been marinating all day. Oh, no. So my recollection is just hitting that, falling over, seeing seeing the embers go, the grate going, the steaks landing in the ashes, all the profanities happening, all the threats. Nothing happened to me because I was with Billy Talent. That only happened because I was with Billy Talent. <laughs> so... That wouldn't have happened if I wasn't with them, but it did happen because I was with them. That's funny. And then I kind of just exited myself, and I had a burn on my ear, so did Ian. And I feel really bad for those gentlemen's steaks that did not make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sure that they were, they were so mad. <laughs> I like how that's where the concern went, right? Someone falls yeah. into a fire pit, and they're like, my steaks! Like, well, they've been marinating all day. Yeah, they were ready to I, I eat them. I get it. I get it, too. And you've got a bunch of Irishmen, like Matt Hensley. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, like, sorry, guys. I, I, I really failed on that one. Yeah, sorry, guys. But I'm okay, in case you were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> What's the farthest you've ever traveled to go play a show? Japan. Japan? How was Japan? It was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. I always want to play Japan. we got to play Japan sometime. Yeah. I don't know how. I played, I played one show in Japan. 
we were there for three or four or five days, maybe not five, a couple days, only one show. It was 500 capacity club called Astro Hall mm-hmm. in Tokyo. And we were the only band, no opener. Oh, cool. And we prepared our set, and then we found out that we had a lot longer of a set than we thought. So we just pulled out everything we knew. Nice. And when the, when the when everything ended, there was still time. <laughs> so what do you do at that point? You go back to the first song you played. <laughs> so we opened and closed with accidents. <laughs> That's great. So, so one time that happened to us. We just kind of finished. We're like, well... You guys mingle amongst yourselves for the next half hour. See ya. And just got off stage. Right. <laughs> yeah, we played a show where, like, like in Hellbent. I, I, I don't know if you've seen Hellbent, but our set's now more than 14 minutes. Um, and that's with the pro- pauses. Like, so, so it's pretty good. And uh, whatever show what we were playing, they had given us, like, a half hour, maybe an hour. It was 45 minutes it was, like, or so. like, a but... long time. So, yeah, we played for the 15 minutes, and we're just kind of like... Yeah, enjoy yourselves for the rest. Like, talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. Like, uh, that's all we got. Start a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Camper stopped to read the story about horses. Oh, I'll never too. forget that. That's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. The band Camper, Aiden, they also played that show, and uh, they were also given like a large time frame to to play their set. And uh, halfway through the set, uh, their their vocalist was reading this like really. It was it was like a boring <laughs> on purpose story of this horse. And it was this like it was really hard to follow because he was just kind of not making sense. And then uh, it kept going to the point where the the band was kind of like, "All right, when are we gonna? When are we gonna?" So the band was kind of like, so they went on stage and they started playing a song, and Aiden was just still telling the story. And as soon as they're done, like finishing that song, he's still going. He's like, "And the horse," and then like, <laughs> yeah, like it must have been like twenty minutes yeah. at least. Yeah. It was great. It was a weird show. It was also a, a freak show played that. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the the was Monsters that, of Schlocks. I was going to say, was that Sweet Pepper Clopac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, Josh and Orbach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So, so they, they closed the night off. That's and fantastic. I saw them on the news the other week, too. Yeah, they were like... Back you know, at like, it. A can has got talent or something like that? Oh, what did, jo- what did news, Josh... Man. They have all these, all kinds of world... Goodness, world records. Oh yeah, there's so many. Of like, them, like man. Josh has the most mouse traps set off on his tongue. I know that. <laughs> He's in a minute, I think. Really? Like just boom, boom, boom. Just keep putting those on your tongue. Like mouse, <laughs> mouse trap on your tongue. Pull it off. Next one, pull it off. He also got tattooed at the Pacific National Exhibition while on the roller coaster with the world's biggest tattoo machine. <laughs> That's, oh, that's, an inter- so cool. that's an interesting one. Yeah. Those are the two that come to mind when I think of yeah. the Masters of Schlock. That's crazy. <laughs> we may have set a world record uh, the other weekend. I'll tell you it off, Mike, because I don't want to give it away, but we shot a music video, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll let you know what happened afterwards. Cool. I don't, don't, don't want to give away too much. I got another uh, memory here when we're thinking of Japan. Yeah. So when we got to Japan, we were very jet-lagged. And we got a little, like, co-op hotel. We all go to bed. Me and Steel weren't ready to go to bed. <laughs> so we decide to go wandering. We find a bar. It's a basement bar. It's in, like, the Shibuya district of Japan. So that's, like, a busy shopping area, I believe. Okay. So we go down, have some drinks. I drank something called the Banana Fuck. <laughs> That's all I remember. It wasn't poorly translated. It was actually called the banana. Yeah. 
very small basement bar. <laughs> Steele had a few drinks, and then I kind of realized that, okay, it's time to take Steele to bed back home. So we go upstairs to leave. As soon as we get out of the door, I go, oh, my hat. I'm not wearing my hat. Steele, stay right here. I'm just going back down to look for my hat. I go downstairs. I literally crawl along the perimeter of the bar on my hands and knees under like under like the ledge yeah. looking for my hat and it was nowhere to be found so I just gave up it was a really nice Paul Frank hat that oh, I no. bought the day before in 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 uh, in Tokyo there yeah so I was a little bit bummed that I lost it right away mm-hmm. anywho go back up oh steel's not there anymore damn it's <laughs> raining it's late and we're in Japan and I'm we're both drunk yeah <laughs> so I didn't even know where to start. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going myself. All I know is the way back to the hotel is I got to find the Tower Records. <laughs> Can't find that. So, you know, smart Jesse, he calls his parents, tells them that he's lost in the rain and that he's drunk. And then he ends the conversation. They're probably extremely worried. Yep. <laughs> I probably called another friend. I used to call my brother-in-law a lot while I was on tour, just randomly talk to him. Mm-hmm. So I probably called him as well. And... Next thing I know, I'm just asking people where the Tower Records is, and no one speaks English. Right. So it's very difficult. Finally, get very lucky, and I encounter a group of old women who are uh, British, and they spoke English, and they knew where the Tower Records was, pointed me in my direction, found my way back. And the big thing was you had to get back before, like, I want to say midnight or one, because they locked their doors. Really? So our hotel was locking their doors if we weren't back in time. I make my way back in like minutes before go up to bed fall asleep soaking wet just fall asleep in my little tiny bed i wake up in the middle of the night i have to go pee i'm like ah i hope steel made it because i didn't i didn't look for him i just i didn't i couldn't yeah i wasn't gonna get locked out no so i wake up and i gotta pee really bad i look over the bathroom door's open to crack and lights on i'm like oh interesting so i wander over Who's there sitting on the toilet? Passed out. Steel. <laughs> he made it. He made it home. Don't know how. He made it to the toilet, too. <laughs> yeah. And then the weird thing, too, about Japan was when we left to go fly out, there were a bunch of, like, Japanese schoolgirls who somehow knew of our flight time that showed up and gave us pictures they had taken of us a day or two before at the concert. That's so cool. It was so random. And yeah. like, it was like, wow, like this is this is different than North America. Yeah. It's really different the way they see like c- celebrities. Like I don't consider myself a celebrity, but I also got stopped one of those first days there walking and someone just asked me on the street if I was famous. I'm like, <laughs> why? And I'm like, I'm, I play in a band. I'm here to play a show. Maybe to somebody I am. I don't know. Not to myself. <laughs> So it was just weird. Just it was really bizarre. Yeah, but they they love their musicians, their artists, and they they will follow them and find out where they're going and <laughs> creepily show up and give you pictures of the day before of yourself. <laughs> Here's a picture of you buying that Paul Frank hat <laughs> from outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also ate uh, pizza every day I was in Japan. How's their pizza? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. There's a high-end pizza restaurant, sit-down pizza restaurant called Pizza Express. And I got the sloppy Giuseppe every time. Nice. Spicy pepperonis and hot hot, hot peppers. 
And it was like a sit-down plated pizza, and I probably ate there every day. I'm not a sushi guy. I've tried over and over again, and I just can't do it. Like, I mean, I like a lot of different foods, and like my palate has really opened up over the years. Like, I ate sea urchin the other night. It was fantastic. Oh, cool. Sea urchin pasta. Nice. In pasta? In pasta, oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I like scallops a lot, too. They're really good. Nice. A lot of seafood I'm realizing I, I enjoy. Yeah. But I, I wish that I had more of a, a palate for it back then. Just not the sushi. Yeah, not the sushi. It's the seaweed, I think. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. What is your go-to gas station snack? My go-to gas station snack? It's always chips and chocolate bars. Nice. Keep it simple. Yeah. There were other people who used to go with, you know, the spray cheese can. <laughs> yes. That was a go-to for some. That was like the food they bought. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no a... crackers? Uh, maybe a cracker, but you just uh, you can just go it right into your mouth, that cheese. Yeah, that's right. Just... Yeah, yeah, Aerosol. Take out the oh, man. Why, why get the cracker when you... Um, I nev- you are the cracker. I never yeah, exactly. I never bought, bought these on tour, but the pickle in a bag... Oh, the pickle in a bag. Yeah, pickle in Not a bag. I'm a big fan of pickles, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's I've, in this, like, it's like... It's it, with the brine, the water. Yeah. And it's a giant dill pickle in a, in a bag. That sounds awful. I mean, I'm also not a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was having grilled cheese, I would probably buy that. But I've I, also heard of like the pickled sausage in a bag. Ooh, Have you heard that? No. Yeah, it's it does it follows the same suit as the pickle. It's just <laughs> just looks. It's a piece of sausage. America has all the snacks though. Like, oh there's, yeah. There's just way too much of a selection. Energy drinks. We back in the day, like the original rock star energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Chug all those. Here's, <clears throat> here's a good one. We were in San Francisco. We showed up to our venue early. No one was there, but the fridge was there. <laughs> and the fridge had Rockstar Energy drinks in it. So we may have helped ourselves to a couple couple Rockstars. <laughs> and we may have gotten a little wired and hopped up on those Rockstars. <laughs> then we went out to lunch, and we were shown that crazy street, Lombard Street, the one that's on the big hill that kind of is like windy and twisty. The gentleman, who was it? That was, that was weird. That was a gentleman named Warren Etner who wanted to be our manager at the time. And we were not ready to hire a big high scale manager. Mm -hmm. Someone who the likes of Rage Against the Machine and L7, some other bands like that. I don't know how we were on his radar, but Mm -hmm. we, we got wined and dined a few places, heard some stories from him. He told us about, he was one of his tour stories. Nice. He told us about touring with the Beach Boys. Really? Because he played in the band called, what were they called? Grass, the Grassroots. So they toured. What? Hold on. Is that not Creed from The Office's band? Is it? The Office, the, have you seen the, the Office? No. So, yeah, there's a guy, there's a character on The Office Okay. Yeah. So he told me that they toured with the Beach Boys and they rented cars and the Beach Boys were so rich that they just played bumper cars in the streets with their cars and just smashed them into each other and just didn't give a shit and then just returned them. That's funny. And he's like, we got to do it too because we were on tour with them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this is like the 60s. This is just like reckless... Reckless Beach Boys in the 60s. That's crazy. It is. It is, it is Creed's band, the Grassroots uh, character from The Office, yeah. and he's the weirdest guy. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, that's, that's so crazy. That is wild. It's a full circle. <laughs> that's so cool. 
Right on. Nice. <laughs> what now? This is a bit of. I always ask my guests this. Um, what is the rock star dream writer? What were some of the silliest stuff that you guys had on a writer? I guess. Uh, we didn't get too crazy. I don't think. Okay, so let me re- rephrase this. If you're at the level of Metallica, what, what would you what get? would you put? Yeah. Oh, a trampoline. That's awesome. <laughs> I want tra- I want a trampoline and get myself worked out. Because that works out all the muscles before you drum. It's like oh, a good right. answer that I was not expecting to hear. It's like a fun answer, but yeah, it's yeah. practical. Yeah. yeah. I want a trampoline before I play. Yeah. Do you know? Is that a thing that you've... No. No. I just, <laughs> just something that I want. <laughs> well, yeah. That's my dream. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'd get like a bottle of Jaeger. Uh, yeah. I mean, case of beer. A uh, bunch of weed, right? That's no, the... never any drugs. That's fair. Just booze. Too much booze. And then we just take the case of beer with us yeah. to the next one <laughs> yeah. and drink the bottle of Jager. And then now I hate Jagermeister. So I can't drink that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from probably chugging bottles of it. Yeah, I can imagine so. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> what are your all-time top, top five favorite artists? If you can't give me five, give me three. Okay. I love the band. Yeah. Canadian band, the band. It's tough. I'm just going to list list you off some things I'm listening to lately that yeah. I listen to a lot of. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. I've been heavily into the album Deja Vu lately. Oh, cool. I just picked up an alternates record. All the alternate versions of the songs on that album. Oh, cool. Fantastic. I love the Mars Volta. I really do. They came from at the drive. Yes, right? they're yeah. similar. Cedric and Omar okay. started that band. Cool. I'm only their drummer. Their drummer John Theodore for the earlier couple of records. He is just a machine. I was able to see them play at the Cool House on the Francis the Mute tour in 2005. Oh, true. That just blew my mind. Yeah, Rip Cool House. Yep. Um. I love Pup. Yeah. I love Pup. They're such a cool band. Like, I can't get enough of them. I keep going back to their albums. Yeah. It's, I, uh, it's on the top of my... Th- there's something funny. I played a, I played a, a Paper Mario this this year. Okay. The, the latest one that came up for the Switch. That's, yeah. Well, and I, I, got, uh, I got the Switch at home, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that one. And there's... Uh, a part of the game is you need to there's you know collectibles in games yep. you need to collect these toads they're like hidden in these places okay. and there's this one part and i only found this out because the drummer retweeted this being like what the fuck so there's three toads and they pulled them up one of them goes free at last the other one goes uh i need closure and the other one says i can't even remember the other something one to do with a but song. it's something to do with another pup song and the guys playing, uh, like, their drummer was playing the game and, like, took a picture and tweeted about it being like, am I losing my mind? Okay. This brings me to something really bizarre. I got a t-shirt for my child years ago from Joe Fresh. Yeah. And it's blue and, like, turquoise and navy blue with stripes and it has a shark on it. Okay. And it says, watch out. Sharks and danger. No. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the person who designed that shirt has to have been an Alexa on fire. Had fan. to have been. Yeah. Had to have been. Yeah. Actually, like, where does it, where else does that come from? That blew my mind. Who, who does the spoken word on that? 
George. George? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure. I believe it was George. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then the very beginning is like the like St. Catherine's psychiatric hotline. This is Nancy speaking. Yeah. Yeah. That's Nancy. Nice. (laughs) That was our manager's uh, girlfriend at the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Also a hairstylist. Nice. She's fantastic. Shoutouts to Nancy. Yeah. Sister Nancy. (laughs) Miss ya. Right on. Do you have any more anecdotes before we can call it a day? I got one more for you. Perfect. So this is going back to those glasses that I was wearing in the picture with Dennis Lixon. Okay. Ever been to East St. Louis, boys? Never. Can't say I have. No. No. East St. Louis. (laughs) So we got a show on the Avenged Sevenfold Tour with The Bled and Opiate for the Masses. Oh, cool. So I have a fake ID, my brother's fake ID. I was not 21 at the time. Yeah, fair enough. So in this parking lot, there is a giant venue called Pops. It's a country kind of club. It's really large. And then there's also a liquor store and a strip club, all within the same parking lot. Okay. So it's a a wonderful end of town there. Yeah. So we play our show, play our set, go back out to our van. I go and purchase a a 40-ouncer of Jack Daniels. (laughs) because apparently that was a thing to do back then. Right. And we had our red cups. We poured a few into the red cups, standing around with the other bands, drinking a bit. And then next thing you know, we wander over to Opiate for the Masses van. Oh, their dad is a liquor distributor, one of them, and they have boxes of 26ers of alcohol oh, in, boy. Their, in their tour van. <laughs> so Jesse all of a sudden is at a point where he all doesn't know what's going on. I'm told that I was given a bottle of Johnny Walker Red and I just you know pulled the old like you know Jimmy Page with it and just you know sucked her back <laughs> then we tried to go to the strip club they didn't let me in I was 86th right at the beginning Oof. of trying to get in other members of my band just left me outside <laughs> they went in I didn't and I lost my glasses I remember remember kind of coming to inside Pops Country Club in the bathroom and the venue was closed so I had to find my way outside of a closed club (laughs) and then made my way back and somehow found my band and they're like Jesse you're just like beyond done you don't have glasses on we went to Carl's Jr. for some food (laughs) terrible fast food I didn't get any then we went to the motel we were staying at and I was just so belligerent and drunk that I just was like, I'm not sleeping in this room with you guys. <laughs> I left. I remember Steele, I remember asking Steele where he was, and he goes, I'm in the bed. I'm like, all of you? He's like, yes, Jesse, all of me is in the bed. <laughs> so at that point, I kind of exited the room, went out and stayed in the van, and I used somebody's Blackberry to make phone calls all night to probably my girlfriend and family and racked up a huge bill. Oh, boy. <laughs> and next day, no glasses. The band seems to think that I lost them on the train tracks that were close by. I don't recall being on any train tracks. So we went looking for them, didn't find them. And uh, the bass player, Mike Chelly of The Blood, gave me his nice glasses to use. That's great. And that's that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think we'll end it there. Jesse, thank you for taking so much, uh, taking the time to do this for me. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If you you want to 
guide the listeners to any social medias or give a shout out to anything? Oh, check out the band Acids. A-C-I-I-D-Z. I I guess I'm trying out for them currently, and it's going really well, and you should all check them out. Spotify. Perfect. Yeah. Right on. Cool. And then go listen to Hot Water Music when you have some time, because they're my favorite. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Great band. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I need a remedy. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Cool. you have it folks that was my conversation with jesse engelvix he's the former drummer of alexis on fire uh, he also played in bands like lambs become lions doppelgangers whamco liars club uh and uh, a band called the band which uh he was in before alexis on fire which is actually what we got the show started off with that was a song called backlash from the band and in the middle there you heard shallow lake by the band Doppelgangers. And uh, Doppelgangers actually featured our pal Chris McCurdy on vocals. 
who I got to hang out with last night at the Dirty Nail at Warehouse, which if you folks didn't go to that show, you missed out on a good one. That was a killer show. And then we ended the show with a song called Born for Losing by the band Acids, which Jesse is playing with nowadays, spelled A-C-I-I-D-Z. And that song is off of the 7-inch split with Kill Cheerleader, which Jesse was talking about. Yeah. All sorts of good vibes all around. Make sure if you aren't already, like, subscribe, rate, and review. You know, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Uh, follow us on our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you're a musician, you're someone in the music industry, whether you're a lighting tech or a stagehand, and you've seen some fucking crazy shit and you want to tell your story on Banecdotes, hit me up directly. Anecdotes at gmail.com. I am open for conversation. I also want to put this out there for any folks who have old demos or stuff from bands that they'll, you know, from years ago, 10, 20 years ago, shoot them my way. I'd love to feature them on Throwback Thursday um, because, you know, I've said this before in the past. Some of the demos and stuff from my first bands, they're they're long gone. They were on an iPod, uh, iPod that got stolen, and uh, that was the last I'll ever see of them. You know, when I was 16 or 17, I just dumped them on MySpace and uh, never thought to future-proof it. So those demos are long gone, and uh, I'll never hear them again. But if you have some stuff that's never necessarily made it to Spotify or YouTube and would love to revisit your old days and we can have a good laugh together about all the stupid stuff we used to wear while playing these shows and playing these music, shoot me an email banecdotes at gmail.com i'd love to feature an old band or old demo something that never made it to youtube or spotify or people are just they don't remember yeah that's what i'm here for all right folks i'm gonna get going it's uh still fairly early so i got quite a bit of a day ahead of me the band's gonna come over and we're gonna we're gonna riff out and jam you know how it is Take it easy, folks.